0: Hello everyone, and thank you for joining us for week two of our Be Still Finding Silence series. In this four-week series, we're going to look at the vital need to cultivate spiritual practices of solitude and silence in the midst of our always connected digital world. Jesus himself modeled the importance of withdrawing from the busyness of life for times of prayer, resting, journaling, sharing meals with others, and celebrating communion, We, as Jesus' followers, can find physical, emotional, and mental rest and spiritual refreshing in God. The scriptures we're going to be looking at for our podcast today are going to be Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 35, and Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. Many of us are very familiar with this first story. It's actually where Jesus, on the Sabbath day, goes to the synagogue to teach, and actually there's a demon-possessed man there, and that's the story we're going to read today. Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum, When the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. Verse 22, The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. And suddenly a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus reprimanded him. Be quiet and come out of the man, he ordered. At that the evil spirit screamed, threw the man onto a convulsion, and then he came out of him. Amazement gripped the audience, and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this? they asked excitedly. It has such authority. Even evil spirits obey his order. The news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. And after Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. That evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. Verse 33, the whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. That brings us to Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, which says something very similar. Many of us might, might know the scripture from heart, and it says this, But when you pray, go to your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you." And so as we've looked at these scriptures, uh, specifically in Mark chapter 1 and also Matthew chapter 6, we can actually see some things that are going on here, some major topics for discussion, and those are things like a prayer, or talking about a secret place, or how to maybe find isolation during busyness. Because in the midst of challenges of ministry and even life, Uh, possibly even a demanding schedule, Jesus would always withdraw to solitary places to pray. And that's a great model for us today. We can follow Jesus' example by practices such as entering into a quiet place to meet with God, observing fixed hours of prayer, or even prayer walking. But as we talked about last week, Jesus not only began his ministry with 40 days of silence and solitude, but he also continued to practice of the practice of withdrawing to solitary places to meet with his Heavenly Father and to be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. Mark 1 21 34 describes this hectic day for Jesus. Many of us have these. This was an ultimate Monday because it began with Jesus entering the synagogue and teaching on the Sabbath. But as he taught with incredible authority, Jesus was confronted by this kind of oddball. A demon-possessed man and he healed him and after leaving the synagogue Jesus and the disciples went to the home of Andrew and Peter where somebody else was also sick and then that evening word had spread so much that the entire town gathered around the house and brought those who were sick and demon-possessed to him and Jesus healed many who were sick and drove out many demons And after recounting this intense day of ministry, Mark 1.35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was dark, he got up and he went to a solitary place where he prayed. And that's a great model for us that many of us, whether it be in our work or our ministry, have these really busy days that never really seem to end. We need to set aside time to disappear, uh, to find a solitary place and pray. Just as Jesus prioritized his life around making time to be with God, we, as his followers, must also develop this practice. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches us the importance of creating space to encounter God. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. The room word here is from the Greek word that means a room in the interior of a house, normally without windows, opening to the outside, or an in inner room. We think of this as a closet. That's often why we call it a prayer closet. But before teaching the Lord's Prayer, Jesus first instructs us on where we are to pray. He encourages us to find a private place where we can close the door and have a distraction-free encounter with God. However, we must not only create a quiet space, but we must also cultivate a quiet heart before God too. And this is really hard to do. Some people call this centering prayer. But solitude and silence not only refers to alleviating outside disturbances, but also inward noise and interruptions. And this can, again, be very challenging. Next, Jesus tells us the rewards of praying in a secret place. He says that when we enter the secret, most holy place to pray to God, He is unseen. Again, the Greek word for unseen here means secret. Jesus is saying, Pray to your Father who is in secret. Your father is already in the secret place. We're simply going there to meet him. He is gone ahead of you. He's waiting for you there. The moment you enter the secret place, you are in the immediate presence of your father, and he will reward you through his presence. Just as with Jesus, we must prioritize our relationship with God. Intimacy with Jesus must be at the center of our lives. It can't be on the periphery. It can't be left over. It can't be put off till tomorrow. Because ministry is not the center of our lives. It's Jesus at the center of our lives. Bob Scourge writes, He will do everything in its power to misrepresent and distort the exuberant delight of this dynamic reality. This present world system is strategically designed to squeeze out your time and your energy for the secret place. The church usually focuses its best industries on getting saints busy. And there also seems to be relatively few believers whose secret life with God is so vibrantly life-giving that it kindles a contagious desire in others to follow their example. And think about that. Unfortunately, a lot of our church culture believes the best way to witness is to get the saints busy, to make lots of activity. Bob Scourge is telling us that the best thing we can do is have a vibrant life in the secret place, and out of that, others will want to follow our example. Some really great uh, advice for us today. Some practical ways that we can enter into solitude and silence. To meet with God would be things like establishing a, re- a regular rhythm of praying in the morning or even the evening. Uh, one of the primary distractions we face in establishing intimacy with God. Is distractions of things like our cell phones or our digital devices. Uh, if you have young children, it can be very difficult too. But try this practice for the next week. Don't look at your phone the first hour you get up or the last hour you're going to bed. Also, it helps to prepare the night before for your morning prayer time. Prepare by getting everything you need ready, such as your Bible, your journal, uh, maybe some worship music, uh, or, or setting the timer on your coffee. Before going to bed, set your alarm and then place it on the other side of the room so that you actually just can't hit the snooze button, but it actually makes you get out of bed. After you get out of bed and turn your alarm off, ask God for the strength to stay awake, wash your face, do some exercise. Next enter into the inner room, shut the door and encounter God who's there and He will reward you. Another idea for practicing the spiritual discipline of prayer could be establishing maybe fixed hours to pray. This means stopping whatever you're doing and engaging in throughout the day and turn your attention to God in prayer. And you can see um, examples of this in Acts chapter 3, Acts 10, also in Psalm 119, or even in Daniel chapter 3. But in addition to your normal time to pray, you might establish maybe one or two times a prayer for five to 15 minutes throughout the day. Um, Set the alarm on your watch, your phone, or your computer to remind yourself. Um, and whenever I think about this, I think about something I experienced a few years ago um, whenever I was a staff member um, uh, in Fort Smith, Arkansas. I do know that I was assisting some, some officers there. Uh, me and my wife were just beginning our ministry. And uh, we had taken a uh, staff retreat to a Benedictine monastery called Subiaco that's in kind of central Arkansas. And uh, we were asked for the day to basically set aside the entire day Um, to be at the monastery and go out and pray. And I remember the first time I was told that, um, again, as a young person, I kind of freaked out a little bit. I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do for the whole day? You know, I'm going to run out of things to pray for. And so we actually had walked around the grounds. Um, I was actually walking through uh, a graveyard Uh, that kind of overlooked a lower uh, farmyard where they were out there bailing hay. Um, They were actually tending bees. Um, and, and that kind of thing. And I remember um, just sitting there for a while and was I was watching the monks work. Um, again, bailing hay and tending bees. And I'll never forget, uh, one of the bell chimed and they literally stopped what they were doing. The tractor turned off. The beekeeper actually got away from the bee supers, walked away, pulled up his bee hood and they started reading scripture. And they did so for about... Uh, 15 minutes, and then the bell would chime again, and they literally would go back to doing what they were doing. And that made such a profound impact on my ministry early on, because I thought, my goodness, if they're out belling hay and, you know, tending bees, and they can stop what they're doing for a minute and reorient themselves towards God, then why do I in ministry just keep pushing on and I don't stop? Uh, That was kind of an interesting realization for me early on that I need to take moments throughout the day to reorient myself and simply stop and enjoy His presence and not be so caught in activity and busyness. And so fixed hours can be a very good thing for us. Um, you can look up uh, resources like the Divine Hours uh, written by Phyllis Tickle, or you can even look at uh, the TrinityMission.org, um, as both resources kind of provide you uh, morning, midday, uh, and Vespers readings. Um, also, too, if you're really hardcore, uh, they do have a fixed hour prayer book that actually will take you through the three night offices so you can wake up three times in the middle of the night. Um, that is definitely for the die-hard ones, but I do know that there's a few people that I know that do that. It's really helpful for them. Um, also, another way uh, that we can pray is simply to go on a prayer walk. And this might sound overly simple, but you could literally walk in strategic places and intercede for those areas. Uh, so, for instance, I know we are in a, a, a pretty depressed neighborhood, kind of where we're located in our current community of Hot Springs. And so we literally will walk around the neighborhood and just pray for that house or that family. Um, is That's our people and that's our neighborhood. And we need to intercede and pray for them because we care for them and Jesus loves them. And so maybe you can think of some places that you you walk and pray for. Maybe it's your place of employment, or um, maybe it's um, you know around your home. Uh, things you could pray for might be praying for God's kingdom to come, or maybe for the neighborhood to be transformed, or for God's blessing on all people. Um, or you could just actually take a walk outside, enjoy God's creation, enjoy the sun on your face. Um, Uh, seeing creation uh, alive and at work and just having an interactive conversation with God at the same time. And so I know those are just a few ways that you can kind of look um, at kind of maybe adding some additional prayer to your life or maybe some ideas to just kind of get you started. Um, Again, those are carving out a a solitude and silent space to where you can meet with him. Make sure you prepare everything early. The second is maybe looking at fixed hour prayer Um, And the last is to go on a prayer walk. Um, And even you can even try centering prayer and there's lots of resources you can look up for that. Um, But I do know that whenever we really uh, in particular look at the scriptures in Matthew chapter six and also um, Matthew chapter one, we see some incredible things here about how we can find solitude and silence in the midst of an always connected digital world. Because Jesus set for us this model. And as followers of his, we can to find physical, emotional, and mental rest and spiritual refreshing in God. I hope that you've enjoyed week two of Be Still Finding Silence. Again, always feel free to leave any comments or prayer requests in the comment section. And again, thank you for joining us for our uh, second week of Be Still. Um, You guys have an incredible week. And we will catch you next week for week three of Be Still.